90.1 Hope FM and HopeFM.com Now this, uh, what remains of the programme today, is going to be focused on an organisation which is uh, which is very close uh, to my own heart, actually, that's the uh, YMCA Bournemouth, and I'm pleased to welcome its CEO, Gareth Sherwood, again to the studio. You, you've been here a few times, Gareth. Yeah, yeah, once or twice now. But for the very first time, somebody who actually just celebrated 25 years of working for YMCA Bournemouth, uh, and now holds the, the, the title of Senior Operations Officer, got that right, Mark? Correct. Yeah. Thank you for that. But actually started many, many years ago uh, as a trainee for the organisation, uh, did. didn't you? But anyway, <laughs> For the completely uninitiated, um, I know a lot about the YMCA, but let's assume that people who are listening to us know nothing at all about it. It's the oldest youth organisation in the world. Gareth, Mm -hmm. um, tell us a bit more. So the YMCA locally um, is uh, an independent charity. It it belongs as a a membership to the national charity and the international charity. Um, But we are locally governed and um, locally led. And we serve a broad picture of needs across the, across the community. Our impacts include young people and the lives of young people. And that can be young people from, from the ordinary backgrounds and areas. But it also can be young people with specific needs as well. So we've got various projects to YouthWorks. We also have children's works where we run preschool nursery. We have some children's centres. We do supporting parents for, for children um, in early years who may have particular needs. And then additional to that, we have our family services um, and family services. We help um, with parenting. We help um, with families with particular needs and come alongside them where those families have found themselves in crisis, come alongside them and support them. And then beyond that, you, you know us for the song, but most people in the areas know us for, for our homelessness work and our housing. Um, we provide supported accommodation to uh, 150 people at any, 115 people at any one time um, in the local community that have found themselves in specific need and have vulnerabilities. And then we have gyms and um, we have a, a, the leisure centre in Broadstone, which I think is the best leisure centre in the community and um, one of the, the best membership programmes that's available there as well so at a remarkably affordable price um, and uh, then we have various other bits and pieces like um, community centres and a retreat centre over in Studland so yeah we're, we're broad we're so broad the sheer diversity though, yes. it, it's no wonder probably that maybe people maybe think you know one part of that work you know but uh, but actually to have so many different compartments and, mm, so, and mm. such a diversity of work mm. must make it quite difficult for you guys to actually make the work known Yes, um, it is. Uh, we try and sell it as best we can and let people know and I think that the best phrase I was on a business call this morning and the best phrase I said is that the things you can just say to one another if you can help promote us is I didn't realise the YMCA did that and if, even if that was one of the buzz phrases around it would begin to raise awareness of the other things that we do Of course 1844 you know to 2021 is a long time isn't it and, uh, and of course the, the founder George Williams of the organisation was quite a young man when he started it He was. What was his vision? way back then he started as a bible study and he just wanted to um reach people within his his working group and within his local community with the message of, of the goodness of god the love of christ 
and um, the life as a Christian and as a disciple and a follower of Jesus. And that life didn't have to be centered around purely meeting Sunday services and denominations, but that life could be centered around the transformation of individuals and communities um, into the likeness of the kingdom of God. Now, Mark, coming to you, I mean, 25 years, well done. <laughs> Thank uh, you. been with the organization for a long, long time. What was it that, that attracted you? I mean, of all the things that you could have done as a young man, what, what was it that attracted you to the YMCA? Yeah, so back in 1996 was when I came. Um, I actually chose the YMCA as a placement as part of my university. Um, I was looking around and saw what the YMCA did, and I liked the fact that it was helping young people and vulnerable young people in the area, and thought I wanted to get involved and see what I could do. Um, so I started doing a bit of admin back in the day there, so just helping out, a bit of um, training and bookings and things like that, room hire, just helping out with the then programmes manager. And it all kind of went from there, really. I got interested into the gym and started doing a bit of volunteering in LifeWise Gym which is still there at the moment in Delta House um, and then when I finished university I became the gym manager so in between those kind of two years did all my gym qualifications and it went from there. So you've held a, a number of posts a number of different jobs throughout, yeah. the, throughout your career. Yeah no very varied I mean with the YMCA I think, I think I'm on about my eighth different title or something like that at the moment so kind of from the admin to gym managing to programs manager operations director kind of bit of everything so I probably had involvement with most areas of the YMCA over my 25 years which is great and of course you've got multiple centres Gareth haven't you yeah, I mean, you mentioned the junction over in Broadstone I think it's about 12 13 sites across BCP yeah. and into Dorset yeah now obviously we've all probably been through the most difficult time ever you know and you're working you know I mean you're working with people not just vulnerable people you're, pe- you're working with people from cradle to grave really mm-hmm. aren't you mm-hmm. uh, but you're also working with some very vulnerable uh, people has it been tough this last uh, sort of over 12 months now? yeah with, without a doubt um, the levels of crisis that we're seeing in people's lives and in communities um, has been compounded by um, the COVID pandemic um, most people have have uh, experienced raised anxiety levels across the entire community and um, the way I describe it is, is it, it's as if the sea level of anxiety has been raised and those that live clo- closest to the shore are now in the water and um, for, for many people that's families, children um, young people and many of the vulnerable adults that we look after and um, yeah we're, we're seeing it across the piece and the, and the level of chaos um, and the level of crisis seems to have gone up as well. So my staff teams are experiencing um, a very challenging environment to be able to support and work with people in with some very complex needs. And I just take my hat off to them for the every day that they come in and keep going. <laughs> <laughs> Mark, you, you, you've always been very passionate about youth work. I suppose that yep. if I have asked you of all the things that you do, because you've been involved with the Boys yep. Brigade for many yep. years, yep. still are, aren't you? Still do it, yeah. Um, and, um, but, but, I mean, I know youth work for you and your wife has been you know, very, very central. Yep. Uh, how, how has it been? I mean, what differences have you seen during the last year in terms of the challenges that young people are facing? Yeah, I mean, the, the effects of the uh, whole COVID on mental health, really, is the biggest thing that they've had to uh, stay indoors and that's strange not meeting their friends not being out and about and just the difference in it all is the, the longer term mental effect, health effects is the kind of bit the, the strangeness for them so we, we've been quite lucky in our youth work we've managed to get online and with zooming and all that sort of thing but obviously then with school going online it's, it's all a bit too much in the end for them so it's great to be able to get back face to face and support again and just to get young people out and 
kind of back to normal of some kind. <laughs> and actually, I suppose that you were asking you both this, but there was a time when youth work, you know, was much, much better resourced than, mm. than what it is. There was a lot more money around mm. for mm. building, creating youth centres, employing youth workers and so on. Yeah. Um, but it, it does seem to be that in recent years there's been a retrograde step in that, that councils, I mean, clearly they've had lesser monies to spend social care as you know the, the largest spend on any council you know up and down the, the country but it does seem to me that 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 the work with young people to some degree has been somewhat neglected and that must that must have an impact on on, on you guys in in Wimsey Bourne uh, I mean significant mark can probably give more details but the the broad picture is that when you have a season and we've been through that probably for 10 15 years um, in local government and, and community we have a season of reduced resources the resources tend to go to the crisis and tend to be moving away from prevention of, of crisis. And of course, youth work, children's work, and um, that, that arm of social engagement is all about prevention, not just treatment of the issues. And so I think that's what we've seen. And so that's stripped away the vast majority of funding that goes towards young people. Mark will probably tell you more details. No, definitely. And we, we've been lucky to really kind of keep some of the council funding going for our open access youth work. Um, and there were other areas of the council even had to cut back on what they're doing, young people as well. Um, but yeah, it's just been a struggle to find ways to fund our work. Um, we're grateful for places like the Lottery have given us money over the years to help support um, our disabled work with chatterboxes. Um, and then we just really kept it going the best we can to fund raising and doing what we can to keep offering the service. So it's back to back, back, back to back fundraising. And inventing new, new ways of doing it. And of course all these funders, that, you know, they, they want new projects, don't they? So in a way it's juggling with trying to sustain what you've already got as well as coming up with, of course, innovative new things. Yeah, fundraising is more competitive now and you've got to demonstrate what you can do and the, out the output that you're doing. I think the challenge with new projects is that you never know if a new project's going to work. So it makes more sense to fund what, what works than to try something that doesn't. Yes, there's always room for innovation, but not all the funding should go to innovation because there's <laughs> stuff that's still working. You're listening to Community Now on Hope FM with Keith Jones Bookshop, serving the community for over 50 years. Visit keithjones.co.uk. Well, Gareth and Mark from Wimsey Bournemouth are my two very special guests today. Gareth is CEO of, of the organisation and, and, and Mark is the Senior Operations Officer. Got that right, Mark? Yeah. Now, let's, let's talk about the Christian side of it because I guess that many, many, even Christian folk, may not even realise that the YMCA is Christian at all. It, is, yes. it has got the, the YMCA. Uh, and so on, but I mean, I've I've had people say to me, "Is the YMCA Christian? Why why do you think that? Is? Why why do you think that people somehow might think that the C bit doesn't exist for YMCA anymore?" It, it might be their their exposure to it, um, where they've seen the YMCA at work, or if they haven't. Um, most people know us by the song, and of course, there's very little mention of Jesus in the song. Um, so we're not playing it today, by the way. <laughs> no, 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 we haven't put it on the playlist. Um, and so I think I think that's where. And to a degree, when when you're known well for a song, and you're you're not known so well for your Christian mission and work, then. Um, it's easy just to kind of make those sorts of assumptions. So I fully understand it. I mean, I'm an ordained minister and I, I've been working for the YMCA now for three years. And I had the same sort of perspective when I came in, which is, you know, how Christian is this thing? <laughs> <laughs> and were you surprised at how Christian it was? I was, I was delightfully surprised by um, 
the, the number of people within the organization who were followers of Jesus, and indeed even those that, that work for us that, that don't have a personal faith, just their level of commitment to the cause, effectively, that Jesus started all those years ago, and um, their compassion for people and their love for people and desire to serve people. And of course, I mean, it's, the government has made it harder and harder, hasn't it, for Christian organisations of whatever of, uh, sort of uh, shape they have to recruit you know, Christian people and so on. You you have to sort of jump through hoops to justify why you need. But I but actually, we can make the mistake of thinking that it's only Christian people actually that can do Christian work. Whereas in actual fact, uh, I guess a part of your mission is in fact to those army of people who stand shoulder to shoulder with you and who know what you stand for mm-hmm. and are quite happy to associate themselves with them. Yeah, I I mean, you know, at the end of the day, the our entire culture. And, and most of Western civilization has framed within it Christian principles and values that have tracked down through hundreds and even thousands of years. And so most people within, within the culture and community that we have that, that value personal freedoms, the equality of mankind, um, that people should be cared for, nurtured and looked after, that we should look after the poor, that, that we should look after the weak, that we should come alongside the broken, all of that comes from Christian principles and frameworks and so plugs quite nicely into the, the, the Christian mission of the of the organization and therefore a lot of what we do is simply Christianity outworking in in the world mm-hmm. that we live in what one of the great uh, sort of phrases that the YMCA adopted is John 17 you know it's, it's on the international flag of the YMCA that they all may be one Jesus great prayer to his family that was a, a, a was special to, to me that but of course we, we live in a society where across Across the world, there are forty thousand different denominations in, Lord, in terms in terms of Christian belief. Um, uh, obviously, within that, there's diversity, and I think that's a good thing that, that there are different people worship in different ways. But by the same token, I think that very sadly, I think in the United, one, one of the good things about the pandemic, I think, is that we began to see more people mm. learning to work together, and that includes churches as well as anybody else. But there still is this build your own empire philosophy, mm. isn't it? And I guess that that. Uh, uh, that the the whole I mean the YMCA is a parachurch. It's not the church, is it, Mark? <laughs> not the church as such, but we are in the same way because we're we're there in the community every day, not just the Sundays. We're throughout the week meeting young people, vulnerable people, and the way we're working with them and witnessing to them and just with them at the time is is Christian youth work and Christian work that we're doing. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. I actually, I, I think what the COVID pandemic has has highlighted is that the parachurch was more at work during the pandemic than in in many cases than it was pre the pandemic, and a lot of the the um, denominational frameworks were struggling to know what their identity identity and ministry was when they couldn't gather together in a building on a Sunday morning and that that's not to put anything down that, that was no, going on No, it was just there. the way it was. It was just, and, and if you look at it, okay, 40,000 denominations there's still one Jesus and effectively there is one church and which is, you know those that identify with him, look like him and are in him um, and so um, if, if you look at it as a regional church then, and this is the way I, I see things as both as a minister and also the leader of this organization. 
I, I see what YMCA has been doing in their cause in the name of Christ to establish um, his plans and purposes in people's lives and to introduce them to the option of knowing him. That has been the work of the wider church, whether people think the YMCA is Christian or not in church communities. That's okay. I'm comfortable with that. We have been working for the good of the community in the name of Christ for the church with the big C across the whole of BCP during the pandemic and doing everything we do to serve the people in need um, and provide the good that comes from the heart of Christ. And of course, they, as you quite rightly say, the church isn't the building at the end of the road. The <laughs> church is every believer where they are mm. uh, serving God in the multiplicity of ways that they do. And of course, yeah. the, the thing that unites everybody is, is that firm belief in Christ and also the Holy Spirit who dwells yeah. and empowers every single one of us. 90.1 Hope FM and HopeFM.com Well, that's uh, Phil Wickham there, uh, and uh, uh, this is Amazing Grace. And, of course, that's the one thing that, you know, uh, that unites all Christians together is that amazing faith and uh, and so on. Clearly, you know, within the YMCA, you, you, you've got a reflection of the broader church, haven't you? Because, mm-hmm. in fact, you've got a, a reflection of community mm-hmm. because you've got people of faith and not just faith, but, but obviously different levels of understanding of their faith, different denominational backgrounds. And then obviously people that we've already talked about who wouldn't say that they would embrace that faith, but are yet are quite happy to identify with an organization uh, which actually is clearly doing that. Why, why do you think there is that willingness to identify? I, I think that we have our staff and volunteers are really just passionate about helping people. And that's the basic bit of it. They're there. And the other thing, there. of course, is you retain your staff, don't you? Because, I mean, it's interesting. Uh, when I went down for your 25-year <laughs> celebration, Mark, yeah. I was amazed to see a lot of the same of the faces, faces yeah. who were there for quite a long time. So you, you, have, a, you have amazing retention. No, definitely. It's always been good. I think it is because people enjoy what they do and the benefits that they see happening to other people's lives. They see that we're making a difference to those people and that's what they're there for it's not about the money or doing a bulk job they could do elsewhere in a non-christian organization it's just the fact that we are helping people on a daily basis and that's what people like mm-hmm. and that's, yeah. but but also i mean some people would say that we're living in a sort of post-christian era here in the united kingdom and i don't think it's quite as bad you know as that because it's a bit of a mixed bag depending on where you go i mean i know you've just said that you're you still are an ordained minister and, mm-hmm. and i know you're I am. you're a bh1 Elam along with, with Mark and so on, but 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 I guess that 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 you know society is a funny thing, isn't it? That you uh, that, that faith is expressed in so many different ways. And we've got young people. I mean, I I suppose it is true to say that that there's a whole generation of young people that have that have all but lost. I mean, this is close to your heart, Mark. But but it's the church as a as an organisation in many cases, isn't really working for them. Now, that's not true in every case, but it's true in much cases. And there's, there's been a bit of a disconnect. But yet the same people, of course, there's those same young people, are the very ones that, that, that you're working with. Yeah, which quite a few. Yeah. But, but, but what have you learned? Because there you're close to these young people and you see the very real needs that they have. Mm-hmm. Um, why I mean what does work and what doesn't work from your perspective Um, I mean most young people respond to a bit of fun you know good care 
and and people that will believe in them and and who doesn't so in, in some senses they're they're just like normal normal human beings you know <laughs> normal parts of the society and i think it's a mistake to think we're just a post-christian culture and i think it's a mistake to even go people down people do the, say that yeah they do they? and yeah. i think it's a mistake to go down the line of saying um you know with the church is in some senses under attack um I, I think far from it i think the communities that we're engaged with um are crying out for people that will will offer a hand of love um a hand of of welcome uh, a hand of of truth um a hand of 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 christ to them and i think you know, as long as as long as we're just happily saying, you know, we're Christians. This is why we do it. But but not trying to you know demand that people convert before we'll offer aid and support to them. I, you know, the, the, I think the the world is opening. I don't think it's closing. I think it's opening. And I think as a culture and society, the opportunities for churches now to be who they are in a community, reaching out with the loving arms of Christ into those communities, they're probably bigger now than they were pre-pandemic. And of course, there are many churches that are responding to that yeah, aren't there and yeah. and, and so, so do you think that negative though the pandemic has been do you think that maybe part of the positive of that would be to uh, to promote more of this out in the community serving that the people where where they're at uh, where the rubber hits the road as it were i think i think yeah i could i could i should spend a long time on this one but uh, very simply the pandemic awful that it was, has been has taught us that we need one another and that we have a corporate and shared responsibility to to the well-being of one another both now in the mental health stuff that's coming through but also during the pandemic the fact we were mask wearing that we were we were tailoring our freedoms in order to increase the responsibility that we had towards one another i think there's a season shift in the culture and rather than becoming individual and demanding rights although that still exists the culture is swinging towards recognition of individual responsibility towards the corporate whole or the common good and that narrative common good there's an invitation to churches both small and large to start speaking into and identifying as what common good looks like and the challenge to the church big c is that if we're not the ones saying this is what common good looks like we're going to lose ground i mean mark i know this is close to your heart because for years you've you've been the youth worker with your wife at your local church and uh, I'm not sure whether Gareth you do youth work at your local church I know you do lots of other things Mm -hmm. used to (laughs) Um, but but how have you seen things change I mean are you are you encouraged by by you know with your BB work and the stuff that you're doing yeah I mean it's interesting we've managed to keep in touch throughout the whole of the pandemic which is great but what we found is when we've been able to open up people want to join what we're doing now so we're finding that from our five-year-olds up to teenagers people want to be doing things things again um so we've seen growth in all across all ages which is great and they want something they can come to to have fun is the big thing um at the same time we tell them about jesus and as uh, part of what we're doing within the church um and, and we offer things that they maybe can't do elsewhere so it's a opportunity to do new things so that's they? not a depressing picture at all is it no it's, it's i think it's an opportunity really to reevaluate what we've done in the past and look at new ways of how we do things really yeah, and i yeah, think that's what yeah. i'd encourage all churches to look at yeah. we've done this and we may have done it for many years what what do we need to do going forward and let's have a look at that opportunity to reflect 90.1 hope fm and hopefm.com
Well, that's uh, Graves into uh, Gardens uh, there, and uh, time for just a little bit more chat, you know, before it's time to uh, to say uh, <laughs> goodbye. So, obviously, we're almost, we hope, at the end of the of the pandemic, mm. depending on who you listen to. But I mean, clearly, you're you're planning for the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, the organisation over the years has seen you know quite a lot of growth. What what are your plans? I mean, if if everything works out. To, according to the way that you hope what would you see as the future i think um we we definitely need to invest um in better and and more accommodation um we definitely want to because there's a big need there isn't there yeah we definitely want to grow our leisure provision where i think we've got an ambition to do a few more nurseries because we've got a very good nursery setup and program and system and again a big need there for child care isn't there and I think for me as well, one of the things I want to see is um, YMCA's branch out into some of the communities that we don't currently have YMCA's in. So I'd like to grow into Dorset. Um, so there's, there's, there's probably a wide remit of ambition. But one of the things that certainly for, for the, the, the listeners of Hope FM is that I am desperately keen to partner with the local churches and also the local authority to see what the church with a big C can do to bless and be a blessing to this entire region. Of course, one of the things that that both the the church community and indeed the council have been talking about are what they call community-based assets. You know, yeah. uh, I mean, Mark, you 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 you've been involved with this to some degree in the past. I, I know for for the uninitiated, what are they? So uh, people are an asset. It's the strengths in the community, the resources in the community, the little organisations they've set up and um, the individuals themselves that may or may not realize what what they have. And so it's looking at those leaders, community organizations and individuals that are a a force for good, a force for hope, a force for life and a force for community in those communities. And how do we come alongside, resource and empower them rather than see everything as the government that's supposed to do the work? Mm. So so a a big agenda. and, uh, And for you, Mark... See another 25 years at the YMCA? That'd be a, maybe. That'll make me quite old that one by then. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> 90.1 Hope FM and hopefm.com.